Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Navigating the Water, where we're joined as always by our host, the CEO and founder of River VC, the fabulous Stephanie McKinney. Stephanie, hello, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Kim? I'm really good. Thank you. I'm really good. And I'm so excited about today's episode because we're really going to start to dig more into how it is as an investor. We've done quite a lot, haven't we, on what to get ready for if you're seeking investment. And it'd be really nice to kind of see it from the other point of view. So I say in if you're getting ready to invest in businesses, what are the things that you need to be thinking about and considering? Exactly. That is what we're going to talk about today. So I'm ready to dive in and, and start on that. And um, with that, let's talk about the dreaded accredited investors. A lot of times we hear, oh, only accredited investors are allowed to invest. So accredited means a couple of different things. And I'm not a lawyer, so these are not legal advice. But accredited means that you have to have a net worth of a million dollars in assets or you have to have a salary of $200,000 the previous year or you and your partner have to have a joint salary of $300,000 the previous year. And um, with that, you are accredited. You do have to um, most of the time fill out saying, yes, I am accredited, making sure that the company is doing due diligence on you as well as you doing your due diligence on them. So checking that box, making sure you're accredited will help you in the long run because if you're not and you get kicked off the deal, you don't get any money and your reputation goes down the drain. So making sure you know what accredited is, is going to help you on what you can invest. And if you're not accredited, how can you be accredited? Who do you go to? What do you look for? Um, There's also, since 2018, crowdfunding has gone up and up and if you're not accredited and you want to invest in different companies there are crowdfunding sites like WeFund that will be able to allow and take kind of the legal shoulder for allowing non-accredited investors to invest in various startups so i think that is a huge topic to talk about crowdfunding and accredited investors oh, i love that and it's it's great isn't it because sometimes you want there there are so many pitfalls aren't they when you want to get started and a lot of people they might not be at that space of having you know that amount to be able to go and get accredited so being able to perhaps dip their toe in through crowdfunding probably really helps because a lot of people have got that investment book haven't they they want to get involved they see an idea that they bought into but they don't know how to go about it so could we perhaps break them down one at a time and just get a bit more detail perhaps on crowdfunding first and, and then a little bit more on accredited if that if that works. Yeah, so crowdfunding is more on everyone is allowed to invest. It doesn't matter if you're accredited, which means that, you know, we'll talk about that later. So accredited, it it's anybody can invest and they, the company, like WeFunder, they take the legal stance of showing the people that they're investing in like hey we're allowing non-accredited investors to invest under our umbrella here's how much we've raised here's what we're giving you and they get the document that um the regulation that you get and the um the finances and the um, investor document that you're allowed and they'll give you updates and they'll let you know there are also so there's crowdfunding there's also syndicates which means that you uh, can be a credit investor and invest. So instead of like 
going out and finding your own deals, they present these deals to you. And a lot of the times you can say, yes, I want to invest or no, that's not really my area. I'll wait on the next one. So syndications are another great way to get into. And um, accredited is more the government knows that you know what you're doing with your money because you can't invest more than 10% of what you can give up. Okay. Because with that, you're you're taking a, a gamble. It's it's gambling and it's high risk, sometimes high reward, and allowing yourself that financial stability of only 10% and, and being and being aware of what you're allowed to invest in is a part of being accredited and a good investor because if you're not accredited and you're you know what you're allowed to invest and it's not gonna you know you're not gonna be able not to pay your rent next month and you're investing in these companies then it it is a great way to get involved and to be the first couple of people so being a smart investor and knowing what what you can kind of give up and investing is is a great way to start is going through your finances seeing okay i can only invest maybe ten thousand this year and then taking that ten thousand and saying let's do um five deals let's invest two thousand in each deal and then we'll see what happens the next year with them and then kind of doubling down after that so being very smart about your finances is going to make you a great investor I love that. So it's very similar, really, to the other side of the fence, isn't it? You know, we were talking last week about knowing your burn rate and, and knowing like you know, how much you can afford to uh, to spend and, and how long that's going to last. I guess as an investor, you're doing this, the same thing in reverse, which is, you know, what could I afford to lose? Because, as you've said, it can be high risk, it can be high reward. But if you work on the assumption that what is the most I could afford to lose and still survive right. in that 10%, then you're going to get more comfortable with the risk that you're taking would that be a fair summary oh absolutely and and the government also wants to let the people know that if you have that kind of network if you have that kind of salary then you should be okay to do that and not you know end up without any money and then asking the government for money to help you support yourself so it's it's their way of of loopholing like making sure that you're aware that investing in startups, 70% of them don't fail. And it takes three to seven years for a company to finally reach incubation period and excel and uh, exit or, or find its uh, its end goal. So knowing that your money's gonna be tied up for a long time and um, being able to sustain yourself throughout that time is, is instrumental in being a good investor. I love that. And I guess what also helps you in being able to support the people you're investing not just from a monetary point of view but from an advice point of view because you're doing that same due diligence yourself you're going you know i'm not just expecting you to do it i've done it too so this is how i've made sure that i know i'm comfortable to be in a position to invest in you and i expect the same in return i expect you to have done the same due diligence with your money so that i know that you're taking my risk seriously as well because it's, it's kind of a partnership isn't it it's that relationship piece exactly it's like proving your value beyond your money it's showing you know i've done my due diligence and also i can help you more than just money i have these connections that i can put you in front of i have this television site that i would love to have you be a guest on it's leveraging your your value and your your money and we talk about that as a as a uh, founder as well it's 
who else are you besides the face of the company? And it's also, who else are you besides just another check? And having that relationship with the company, with the founder, is going to make sure that your money is more, um, you know, it's more worth what their time and their energy than just getting a check and then giving you your your due diligence every month or so, your investors update. So know what else you can leverage, I think, is a great way to be a, 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 a phenomenal investor is how else can you help them? Like, hey, I have a $2,000 check or a minimum $10,000 check but I also have X, Y, and Z. And that's how I'm going to help you and your company succeed. I love that because I, I guess with, with all things, it is that relationship, isn't it? And once you've got the relationship with the person, you don't want to let them down. You know, human beings in, in the main, we want to be fair. We want to be honest. We want to do the right thing. So when you know the person that you're in, you know, they're taking an interest, you know them, they know you, you're more um, invested in them and their success, not just from the monetary point of view, and they're more invested in also making sure you get a return because you don't want neither one of you wants to let the other person down, do you? you want to, everybody wants to grow together. So I think really putting that time into what do I bring, what am I interested in, what are my values in the same way that we've talked about when you're the founder seeking investment, you should know all of those things so that you can appeal to them. I guess as an investor, it's looking at what's your investor brand? What is it that you want to be known for? What are the types of things that ignite your passion, either because they've got something that you know you've got a unique skill set that can support them with, or just because it really drives something that means something to you. But being able to share that with the market will hopefully ensure that if syndicates bring you opportunities or if other funding opportunities come up they're better aligned to what it is that you want to invest in exactly and that's why you see a lot of first-time investors dive into the field that they know so if you have a medical background you may want to look into to biotech into fintech and, and experience what you have now and how it started out that way so diving into your area knowing your values knowing what you're capable of and how you can help is a great way to be the best investor, as well as um, what types of deals are you interested in? It may not just be in your area, but it may be in, let's say, NFTs. And then start doing your own networking in NFTs. So when you're ready to invest, you have that capability of pulling out another card rather than just the check card. I love that. And there's quite a lot of, I mean, we've talked about crowdfunding and things, but there's quite a lot of sites now as well, isn't there, where they're trying to marry up founders and investors. So you can, you know, you can go and join those sites if you are an investor so that more deals or potential investor, more deals come towards you. And equally, if you're a founder, you can join those so that you can say, I'd like to be able to pitch. So I think it's knowing some of those opportunities, isn't it? So that you can work out, how do I get started? How do I actually go and find what's out there that I might want to invest in and get myself known as being in the market. Right, exactly. There are websites out there and we'll put them in the blog. But, um, you know, 10 years ago, it was only word of mouth and it was only for people that had previously invested and in that were already in the door. And now it's for everybody and crowdfunding is for everybody. And, and being able to find these deals and find these founders is at the touch of your fingertips with all of this internet and all these different websites that people go to. So first, I would look local. I would see if there's any local 
in, uh, incubators, accelerators that are out there that you can be a part of, grow locally and then grow worldly, I think is a great way to, to tackle investing. So seeing if there's any VCs in your area that you could join, any syndicates that you can join, but you also, you have the internet. It's all out there. There's um, there's many different websites that I will put on the blog just so you can have that, that one touch click. But um, it's investing has been easier. The door has been opened and it's good and it's bad. It's a double-sided sword with, uh, with investing. Now everyone wants to do it, but um, I would just say no, know yourself, know your finances and make sure the companies that you invest are in your range and you do your own due diligence on them. Because if you like the company, but you don't like what the founder's doing, or you don't like the motto that they have behind it, that's not for you. So as an investor, another key point is doing your own due diligence and making sure not just on the company, the people are who you want to get in bed with. That is such great advice because that is one of the key things, isn't it, that you're looking for is not just do I agree with the idea, do I agree that this has got real potential, is it something that's, that's aligning with my passion, but actually do I think these people are one people I want to spend time with, people that I want to work with, but also do I think they're the people that are going to make this successful? It could be a brilliant idea, but if you don't believe that the person has got the capability or the personality to get that idea to fruition, it's it's not worth investing in, in those, is it? Because it's bound to, to not work. So I think that there is almost that, it's a little bit like interviewing, isn't it? For somebody who's gonna come and work for you on both sides, which is, is this somebody that I think I can know, like, and trust, and I'm gonna to want to work alongside and that we can um, disagree on things, but have a common purpose and it's not, about not ever having a disagreement, but it's about not disrespecting. And I think knowing that you get a feel, don't you, when you meet people about whether or not they're going to be a good fit, whether or not this is going to be somebody that you get good energy from and you want to spend more time with or somebody that you're going to dread seeing. I think if they fall in the dread seeing camp, even if it's a brilliant idea, you should probably um, not <laughs> go into that investment. Exactly. And with that relationship that you're building with the founder, if you're more than just a check or you're more than just a number on their deal sheet, then they want to come back with you. They want to, oh, we, we exited this company and now we're building this company. Let's bring on Kim because not only was she a great help in the medicine field, but now she helped us reach out into the tech field and she helped us do this and she leveraged her network. So building that relationship also could you know, branch off into more and different deals, or they may like what you're doing and they may send you to their friends because a lot of founders know each other just as well as a lot of investors know each other. I love it. And the world has become so much smaller, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. You know, because of the internet, because of, um, I guess, that forcing us online with the pandemic that hit globally, actually people's networks have now become very global. Um, and what used to be a very small world, as you say, is opening up so that it isn't just if you've invested before, you can get started. So taking advantage of some of that, reaching out and letting people people in your network know what you're looking for can be a great way of them being able to open up their network and introduce you to people who can help you take those first steps or help you take those next steps. Because I guess same as with founding, I, I guess it's a, it's about... Um, 
letting people know where it is that you're wanting to go, starting to put things out there to say, this is what I'm looking for. These are the type of people I'd love to, to get in touch with so I learn more. And then building your, your journey because like with, with founders, you know, we know we've got startup and then scale up and then stay ahead. It's the same, I guess, with investors. You might start wanting to invest in, in those startup places, but then you might want to get a, a broader portfolio as you go along. So it's how do you help to build the infrastructure for you to feel supported as you grow in your role as an investor? Yes, I think that is definitely something to live by. And, and growing is the key right there is, is learning how else you can you can grow because you're not just going to ask these people to return your money. You need to be learning how to grow and how to succeed as well. Um, but it, as an investor, I think it is crucial that you know who you are involving with and who you are getting involved with, because if it's something that you're passionate about, you're going to want to bring your family and friends. You're going to want to leverage your own network and you don't want to do that with someone that might not be the best person to do that with. I love that. It's so true. You know, I always talk to anybody that ever recommends me or, or opens up their network. I'm always very, very conscious that in doing so, they are giving a bit of trust. They're giving a bit of their reputation away because if I duff up, then I've let them down because they right. were gracious enough to make those connections. Um, but I think it's it's knowing that, it's recognising that before we go in, isn't it? Say, when we're asking people to do that, we've got to be really confident that we're going to deliver the best version of ourselves that we can because that's going to be the part that they remember not just about us but about about whoever it was that did that introduction so yeah. the clearer you can be the easier it is for that to be a success isn't it exactly and and um with that success on the founder's side giving them updates keeping them involved making sure like hey i i like when i, I have this one startup that I have invested in and at the end of it they're like here's what we need help in and they're being open and they're being transparent and they're saying like this is what we need is anyone out there that could help us connect to a cfo for example and and having that transparency with all of your investors is great because then you follow up you're like oh i saw that investment uh update let me connect you to x y and z and those are the relationships that are going to build and grow. And that's how you're going to make the company successful. Because at the end of the day, that's what we want. That's what investors want. That's what founders want. That's what the, probably the customers want is for that company to be successful. So, um, you know, just, just staying involved, staying on top of things, even if it's a, a routine monthly update or quarterly update, just respond saying, hey, thank you for the update. I saw that you guys made X, Y, and Z in revenue. Congratulations responding and bringing that communication forward is a great way if you want to be a good investor and if you want to be more a little bit more hands-off and you don't want to keep that rapport with your investor with your founder and you just want to slightly respond that's okay too depends on you know how much you want to take time because a lot of people they either want to just put their money where it is and, and see what happens or they want to be fully involved in that company but at the end of it i think once you know their updates and after a year, you can double down on the ones that you believe are going to be successful. So that's where that whole 10% comes in handy. You may have $10,000 for that year, but how much are you going to have next year? Because you may want to double what you've had in that company to keep your standing, to keep your, um, 
your shares and not be diluted, which means that your shares are worth more because they increase their investment size. So knowing what kind of investor you want to be before just jumping into it is a lot of self-reflection, a lot of looking at your finances, looking at projections of the future. Are you going to be making the same thing year after year? Are you going to be downsizing, upsizing? What area do you want to go to? And who? Also, there there have been founders that have already been successful and exited companies. Follow them. See what they're doing. See what else they're doing. See who they know. They post a lot. They're going to boast about what they've been successful. They're going to boast about their friends. Follow them. Stay connected. Comment on their posts. And just be involved in every investment that you do, whether that's a little bit or a lot of involvement. I love that. And such great advice is, you know, finding somebody who's already been there, who's already done that, who's successful in the things that you want to do and learn from them because, you know, they'll be able to tell you the steps. They'll be able to tell you some of the pitfalls um, that you can try and avoid as well. And I think, you know, we, we talk about that a lot, don't we, when we think about learning skills, but moving into becoming an investor is going to be a new skill. So looking at, you know, who is it I aspire to be like, following them and working out what you can learn from them would be amazing. Yeah. So we talked about, you know, crowdfunding. We talked about joining syndicates. We talked about joining VCs. There's also funds where you can join and be um, a little bit hands off. But the investor of the fund manager will delegate the money accordingly to their fund. So joining a fund is another way to get involved in investing. Um, But we're going to have those all in our blogs. Links to the blog um, will be followed next week after this after this um, episode and then you guys are able to see what you guys want see what's out there see what you are because being accredited will open a lot more doors than not accredited we're going to give you the crowdfunding websites uh, different syndicates and then also how to know if you're ready to be an investor will be in the blog as well so for all of our listeners and uh thank you for tuning back in listening to us if you have any comments we would love to answer if you want to be on um, navigating the waters as an investor or a founder we would love to have you and kim thank you so much for joining us again on navigating the waters i greatly appreciate it oh no thank you for having me along for the journey i'm learning so much and i love that actually after every episode you're really following it up in the blog so we've got actionable steps and we're not having to listen to this random (laughs) right writing down whatever it is that you've said so we get those parts so Uh, Thank you for having me along. I look forward to next time. Thank you.